0: In today's show, we're going to recap all of Tuesday's action. Four games in the NBA. We're going to do a WatFo. We're going to do a I Request elaboration on Josh the Hitman Hart of the New Orleans Pelicans. We're also going to chat to Michael Bolton. Are we really? No, we're not really, but he's here anyway. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. Indeed. At RedRock_Bball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't need or want, and also negotiating better deals on those that you want to keep. Also, thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's get into the show. Let's talk some news. It's not a lot, really. Covered all the injury stuff um, earlier today. In the injury show, so you can go and watch that one. But in terms of what's happened since then, Jalen Brown has popped up on the injury report as questionable. Now he came back from that hamstring injury, played one game, 23 minutes or so, and then was is questionable again. You know that I harp on about the NBA players coming back too soon from hamstring injuries. We've just already seen it with Danny Green. I hope we're not seeing it again, again here from Jalen Brown. But after the game, he wasn't um, particularly encouraged with how he felt. So that is something to watch. Let's hope that he's not missing more time, but. It's not great to come back for one game and then be listed as questionable straight away. So let's hope that he's all right. Also, Kevin Porter. It was said that he was going to play, but now he has a—he is still appearing on the injury report as questionable. He's probably more questionable, probable, but he is on that injury report um, despite the the report saying that yes, he would play. So just to uh, just keep an eye on cousin Kev um, and the fact that he may not end up playing. Now, as I said. We're going to do elaboration on Josh Hart. I did put a poll up and Hart did not win. Tyrese Halliburton won it. But then I looked at what I've done. I go, well, the last elaboration I did was on Darren Fox. And the one before that, or yeah, yeah, the one before that I think was Chemizzi Metu or two before that. It's just too many Kings players. So unfortunately, Tyrese, you have to wait. You can do that another time. We're going to do Josh the Hitman Hart from the New Orleans Pelicans. I request elaboration. Hart has been pretty good. I would say, is, is the way to describe what he has done over the last couple of weeks. 71st ranked player in category leagues. He's 80th in points leagues, averaging almost 30 fantasy points. 11 and a half points, point nine threes, six rebounds, 4.4 assists, 1.4 steals, 0.6 blocks. Like, that's all right. What's actually good there, though? I think that's the thing. It's like, the numbers are fine, but he's not standing out really in any category. The 4.4 assists are a big, but that's fueled by one game where he had like 11 assists. He had a zero assist game in there as well. And then to be fair, that's been four or five most other games. So maybe the 11 and the zero, well, actually they 100% do. The 11 and the zero count, cancel each other out. He's never been a good assist player until about the last two weeks. He's never been this high assist guy. And we're starting to see that rise, which is encouraging for him. The splits aren't particularly high, 47, 37, and 88. Nothing there looks out of the ordinary. 50% from two. That's not out of the ordinary. This is a bloke who's at 59 over the last season and 58 the year before, so it actually might be a little bit down. And that's possibly impacting his scoring. His usage isn't particularly high, 16.5. So we look at what he's doing and go, oh, when Zion fires up or when the shots don't fall or when Ingram's you know, in his groove. But none of what he's doing here is unsustainable. The thing that we have to look at is that he's getting by without having any really big category and just being above average in every category, which is fine for certain fantasy teams. But again, it is one of the drawbacks of rankings where a, a guy who has no real strength at all versus a guy that's got big strengths and big weaknesses, like how do you view those guys? Your heart, like that, that, nothing there's good. But like, there's a couple of things that are all right. Good rebounds, like solid rebounds, solid assists, solid steals, but not great, not mind-blowing. Below average points and threes, like okay percentages, like, it's just okay. But in terms of what he is doing, I thought that was more in- indicative. He is the second highest Pelican in terms of his um, uh, his Raptor this season. He is on uh, z- 0.8 Raptor behind just Herbalife Jones. In terms of war, he is equal second behind Devontae Graham, just marginally. So being an impactful player. He's sixth in this team in on-off. He's a positive player. Um... But the curious thing with that is, is that all of the other starters are ahead of him. Devontae Graham, Herb Jones, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jonas Valanciunas, and Brandon Ingram. So while sixth is good, like it's all right, like 62nd percentile in the NBA, it's good for you know, seven wins above expected or above average. He's contributing that. He is still significantly worse than Graham Jones, Alexander-Walker, Valanciunas, and Ingram. So what does that tell us? It tells us that you know, he's, there's some solid parts to his game, but he's not really driving everything. And I guess that reflects in what's happening with some of his um, fantasy numbers. In EPM, he's in the 67th percentile. And at the moment, this is his best career by EPM, best, well, best start to a career or best ever mark. Like he's never had this high level. And his numbers have really picked up over the last four to five games. But I think one thing we need to look at that is really boosting what he's doing, last last four games, true shooting of 75, 63, 50, and 65. So shooting well above expectations. He's also generating in those games a lot of steals, which is jumping that number up, two, two, one, and three. He's had four blocks in the last two games. So while we look at those numbers, at 1.4 and 0.6, it is really, the steals and blocks numbers, it is really fueled by a red hot performance in the last four games. And I think that's why, when we look at the on-off, when we look at the overall EPM, and then we go to Darko DPM, he's 206 in the NBA, and he's 268 in terms of how much he's improved this year, that maybe this isn't a realistic um, long-term expectation to expect Hart to keep playing at this level. I think that's that's more or less the takeaway. Okay, he's been important for sure, but Darko, for example, in terms of where his career DPM is, it just continually goes down. Like. It's like he's already hit his peak, and it is continuing, to, continuing to drop. Now he has, again, he has improved a little bit this year, but his overall, um, his overall value for this for this team, um, or his overall career trajectory, is headed in the wrong direction. It feels like. So, I can look at all these things, and say. Well, with that shooting drop when Zion's back or with the steals and blocks or the rebounds the scoring, and maybe not. But I'll tell you what, might the thirty-two minutes. And that's where I think we have to look at this as maybe a bit of a sell high moment. Some nice big steal and block numbers over the last week. Some solid shooting, including really good from the free throw. The advanced numbers maybe not marrying up with this being a true breakout. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um there might be there might be some sell high potential. In this. Now, he is taking shots at the rim at a pretty nice rate, which is always a positive. Um, he is not taking, he's not getting by on a, a steady diet of mid ranges or, or anything along those lines, which is always um, a, a, a. Actually, you know what? That's actually not true because he has increased his mid range shooting quite a bit from where it was. He's up to 26% of his shots from mid range as opposed to 12% last year. But the encouraging thing, I guess, there is overall his um, mid-range percentage isn't particularly high although there is a real risk that he's the fact that he's shooting 67% on mid-ranges it's only nine attempts and um, that could come down but you know mid-ranges are making up a giant portion of his diet but it has it has improved his finishing at the rim is pretty good um is at 66% there so so that's good but that's you know, in in line with career numbers so we're looking at Solid type of numbers with a bump in his long mid-range shooting and also shooting threes at a rate that's better than any time apart from his rookie season where he was at 41. He's up to 38 uh, over the course of this season. So, yeah, shooting some career best threes, some nice defensive stats, but we're not sure that this sticks. And and I do think that Hart is probably going to drop off and I wouldn't wouldn't expect him to be um, a top 100 player for the rest of the year. But what you should expect is that bill' is gonna be able to save you money. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's because it's a business scam. It gets money out of you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill, take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need or want, or you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there with you when you need to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start cancelling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash locked on NBA. If you could save thousands a year, truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Thanksgiving, we're almost there, guys. You're almost at Thanksgiving and it's almost time for your big reveal that you are going to bring the Thanksgiving dessert because we know Thanksgiving food is delicious but it's also high in calories and high in sugar. So instead of your traditional Thanksgiving dessert, why don't you break out a box of Bilt Bar? Vanilla cream flavor, brand new one. Cherry lime, get that there, Express Post. Blueberry muffin. Get those box of Bilt Bars. Instead of a slice of pie, which is 400 calories, you can get a delicious Bilt Bar as a dessert alternative and for just 130 calories. Low in carbs, low in sugar, low in fat, but high in protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. Bilt Bar is the new family holiday Thanksgiving dessert tradition that you're going to start and you're going to be the hero. So bring your box of Built Bars. Buy them at Built.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15 and save 15%. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's time for Watfo. All right. So this one is brought to us by uh, Miguel Eduardo Hitosis. What are the odds that the Rockets have zero top 100 players this year? They currently don't have any top 150 players this year. If I was to do it from this point forward, I would probably lower the percentage and think that, yes, there is a chance that um, Christian Wood or um, Kevin Porter Jr. even, or Jalen Green, or even the delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. I think they could all be top 100 potentially from here on out but we are 20% of the way into the season no one's top 150 i think it would be i think it would be hard to um i think it would be hard to expect that we get one of those guys to be in the top 150 there's those four guys can do it for sure but i'm going to say 85% chance that we don't get a Houston Rockets player on a per game basis in the top 100 this season for category leagues, um, which is yeah, how I'm always going to be ranking this unless someone specifies points leagues or category leagues, I'm going to do it based on uh, category leagues. Um, no, the 85% chance that no Rockets finish in the top 100. Drop your, um, what are your thoughts on that Watfo? Drop that down below. Now we're not going to, or well, we are going to have a show tomorrow, but no Watfo on tomorrow show, then Thanksgiving is going to mess things up later in the week. But yeah, drop what you think, um, or you can drop your Watfos for future shows as well, but what you think about this Rockets one, uh, drop that in the uh, comments below. Let's go through the top ads and drops over the last 24 hours. Top ad, PJ Tucker. Again, that's a streaming one. Jared Vanderbilt up 22%. Totally makes sense to add him and see exactly what goes on with this squad and how he continues to roll as a starter. I think he'll start for a while. Alec Burks up 16%. Makes complete sense to stream him today and also with how he's playing. Kevin Herter up 11%. He should have been added. Frank Jackson up 11%. I think that's just a short-term one for today and the fact that Isaiah Stewart's suspended. He's more of a 16-team league player. Pat Beverly up 10%. Absolute must-roster player. Uh, Paddy Mills up 8%. A good 12-team short-term, league, uh, short-term guy. And Sergio Barker up 7%. I don't really get that one, unless that's just for streaming for Tuesday's games. In terms of the top drops, we're looking at Chemezi Metu down 18%. Now, who knows what Alvin Gentry is going to do? Does he go back to Metu next game? He wasn't happy with the King's execution, rightfully so. But I think what we've seen from Metu, there was worth taking that flyer, which is what we always do. We're always just trying to see what we can get. See, it's like the Vandiver one. You add him and we see what happens. Yeah, Metu benched out of the rotation. He could come back and start. He could come back and be in a bench roll. But with the shakeup there, I, I would be just happy to move on. I don't no problem with that. Bruce uh, Darius Basie down seven percent. Absolutely. Bruce Brown down six. Drop him. Thad Young down six. Yes. Chris Duarte down six. Yes. Colin Sexton down 6%. Drop. Eric Bledsoe down 5.6%. Incorrect decision, I think, with the game on today. And the low-volume day, you shouldn't have dropped him. If you want to do it after that, by all means. But I wouldn't have dropped him before today's game. And then the Discman, C. D. Osmond, down 5%. Out, out with a back injury. He should return tomorrow, Osmond. I mean, he's only a fringe 12-team league guy anyway, and you're not going to play him on Wednesday. So dropping him, I don't think there's really any uh, any harm in that. That brings us to talk about the games. The first one of these games, this is a wild one, wasn't it? The Pistons are up big. And then uh, all of a sudden, the Heat just turned it on. And unfortunately, I didn't get my minus Heat minus nine up. They're up by 12 with about a minute to go. And then the uh, Pistons bring it back to within eight. And Tyler Hero has a chance to hit two free throws at the end to make it nine to push. And Tyler Hero, like an 88% free throw shooter, misses one of them. What an asshole. Anyway, on to the Miami Heat. There was a bunch of their guys questionable. They all end up playing. Kyle Lowry had 15, 6, and 8 with two steals and two blocks. Really good stuff from Lowry, who is now the 52nd ranked player this year. Tyler Hero, another big night. 31 points, eight rebounds, four threes. He's been so impressive. Usage just through the roof, and the fact that the shots are going in is impressive. I do think he is maybe a little bit of a sell high. Oladipo might take some shots, but also I'm not 100% convinced that Hero can maintain this level of shot making. Adebayo, another probably disappointing night. 15-9, 15-9, and nine, five assists, but at least he hit his shots from the field, at least 60%. He was 50% from the line, which is not ideal, but he's just not hitting those levels that we hoped that he would. Jimmy Butler, bit of a quiet one, 15 points on 31%, but nine rebounds and five assists. And then the spur, Dunk Robinson. You guys know what to do, surely. Get that garbage out of here! He was um, dealing with a knee injury. So only 23 minutes, but 11 points and three threes. That's all he is—a three-point streamer, nothing more, nothing less. You do not need to roster him. Caleb Martin had six points in 26, while PJ Tucker, who'd been on a really nice streak, had zero points in 22 minutes and took just one shot. So that, like, uh, increased usage or recent increased usage from um, your mate uh, PJ, is um, not uh, not not working out. Not working out as well as. Uh, Working out as, as well as you would uh, hope. Well, it didn't work out as well as you would hope in today's game. So let's see um, uh, what else we got to look at. Is that all for the Heat? I reckon that's probably it for Miami. Yep. Let's go on to the Detroit Pistons side of things. Let's start with Cade Cunningham. I-, I thought he was pretty poor today. To be fair, now you know I'm a big Cade fan. I just thought he was pretty poor in this one. He did get some foul trouble, hence the low minutes. Only played 29, but only six points on 20% is rough. And that's two really, really bad shooting games. And I think he's two of like 18 over the last two games from three. Really bad. He just was not right. Now, six assists is good, but he still turned it over a bit. And just looked careless and just not quite in the game. I was a bit disappointed. The depressed penis, Sadiq Bay started out this game hot and then ended out cold. 15 points on 16 shots. No, three, oh, sorry, no assists, no steals, no blocks. To me, if you're in a 10-team league, I wouldn't bother holding him. I would in a 12-teamer. While Jeremy Grant, on the surface, yeah, 21-7, three assists and three steals looks good. But 35% shooting. And this guy, he's just completely miscast in this role. I hate watching him as a number one player. He just isn't it. He takes these weird fadeaway long twos. Um, look, he was, what, one of five from three. He got to the line nine times, but him thinking that he needs to be the guy controlling the offense the whole time, it's just, he's not good enough for that. And it's really, really frustrating that he's in that position. Now, he had 43 fantasy points. That's great, right? That's great for those overall overall numbers. But if I'm in a dynasty league and I have Jeremy Grant, I I know that in two years' time, he's either going to be traded to a good team and completely marginalized. Think about Aaron Gordon on the Magic versus Aaron Gordon on the Nuggets, but even more extreme. Or the Pistons are going to get better, and he's going to push down to a third option, which is absolutely what he should be. But he's completely miscast in putting up fake fantasy numbers. So just think about that in deeper leagues. Um, Corey Joseph, he's going to get another start tomorrow. He's a good streamer. Nine points, nine assists, and three steals with Killian Hayes out. And Frank Jackson, if you're looking for points, he can do that. He can do, kids, cover your ears, fuck all else like nothing else the worst pass you'll ever see he had one rebound and one assist but 13 points he hit three threes but he's going to be really hit or miss with that shooting and then they did decide to start luca gaza he only played 17 minutes that is not a surprise at all he cannot play big minutes and then trey lyle's the nba's worst rotation player had six and nine in 25 minutes neither of those guys are worth it with stewart out unless you're in a very very deep league thought hamadou diallo played well 10 points in 15 minutes but to me there is no pathway for him to becoming a 12-team league guy probably not even a 14 team league guy a lot would need to change for him to get enough minutes and be productive enough because he's historically not been a great fantasy player a lot would need to change for him to push into must roster 12 team territory and we're just uh we're just not there for him at this point but what we are therefore is Thanksgiving and we all know what that means football and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting BetOnline online has you covered all holiday season more props, more odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline is your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile site, sign up today using our promo code LOCKEDON and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus. And it's not just football, BetOnline has pro hoops, it has college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait and take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Game two, the Los Angeles Lakers. The New York Knicks. What a crazy, crazy game this was, just in the sense of what are either of these two teams doing? I think that's how I, you know, the Knicks, their starters have been horrible and they came out and they put like a 20 point lead on the Lakers and you go, oh my God, the Lakers, you are trash. Then in the second half, the Knicks starters, they were back to being garbage and the Lakers closed the gap. And in the end, the Knicks win at 106-100. There was no LeBron James, of course, suspended. So Taylor Horton Tucker started and he was dreadful again. Zero points on 0 of 8 shooting. Four assists a steal and a block. LeBron will return next game. I, if you don't want to hold on to Talon Horton Tucker, drop him. I don't think there's any problem with that. The upside is not high enough. Um, Anthony Davis was ill before this game likely wasn't going to play but ended up with 20 points horribly inefficient 41 from the field and 46 from the line that's gross didn't block a shot had 6 rebounds but yeah he was ill while Carmelo Anthony the shooting uh, regression is hitting and it's hitting hard 12 points on 21% this was always going to happen that he'd lose those defensive stats and lose that efficiency if you want to drop Mallow, there's no problem with dropping him in 12-10 he should have been dropped I think a while ago they continue to persist with starting DeAndre Jordan, and it continues to be just embarrassing. 6-11 for him in 25 minutes, while probably Avery Bradley's best game, 15-9 in 30 minutes. Do not count on Avery Bradley doing that again. He really shouldn't be getting minutes either. Just, this roster is just so horribly constructed. But yeah, I shit on him when he's bad, but he was really good here. Russell Westbrook, 31-13-10, and 10, two steals, three threes, eight of nine from the line, 56 from the field. He was excellent. He's the one who got them back into this game. Unfortunately, he has yet to really figure out how to coexist with LeBron, so we'll see how that goes tomorrow, but this was absolutely a step in the right direction. He's the 20th ranked player in the last two weeks, and he had 62 fantasy points here, so really, really good stuff from Russ. On to the Knicks. I don't understand what Tom Thibodeau's doing half of the time. Like, with three minutes left in the third quarter, Emmanuel quickly had played seven minutes, and then he played the rest of the game to go to 22 minutes. Like, what kind of rotation patterns are these? Now, quickly has been awesome these last few games. He's playing 20-plus minutes and playing well. But what is what is playing him seven minutes in the first half? What's the point of that? 14 points, four threes. Another solid game. He's at least a 14-team ad. Evan Fournier played 42 minutes. I know he played well, but 42 is too many, man. 26 points, six triples. I don't know if he's a rosterable 12-team league guy. Look, if you want him, fine. I wouldn't be getting hyped about this, though. He's inconsistent. Well, Julius Randle. I'm getting a bit of the Jeremy Grants about him. Like, I don't think he's right for this role. I know he was really good last year, but it's just a consistent, painful experience. 20 and 16, five assists, looks all good on the counting stats, but bad percentages once again. He's 107th over the last two weeks. He just doesn't look the same as last year. 26 minutes for Alec Burks, 12 and six with two steals. He's got some 12-team short-term value. Well, New well played 39 minutes because both Taj and Mitch Robinson were out. He didn't shoot well, four points on twenty nine percent, but three steals and two blocks. That's why you have Noel. That's why he's a twelve team league guy. Um, Kemba Walker, just shocking again. Six points, five assists. No Derrick Rose in this game. I think you got to. I think he's a drop. You got to drop. I, I know he's going to be better than this, but I, you just can't suffer through this bullshit um, to wait for the good games. Speaking of waiting for the good games, Ron Barrett Jr. Twenty seven minutes again, benched down the stretch. Two hundred sixtieth ranked player over the last two weeks. He had 12-7 and seven with three threes. He actually shot all right, 50%. But it's, again, lack of steals and blocks, lack of usage, didn't hit his free throws in this game. He's been quite poor this year. If you're in a 10-team league, I think you'd drop him. He can be better than this. I know he can. But I also don't think he's as good as some other people do think he can be. In a 12-team league, it would depend on who I'm adding off the waiver wire. But I don't think it's going to be a completely incorrect decision to drop the bloke who's ranked 180th this year. I think he's better than that, like 40, 50 spots better than that. But is the 130th best player worth holding on to through ups and downs? It's a terrible slump for sure. And he might have a top 100 run here. But you have to look at where you're sitting in terms of standings and matchup and who you're looking to add off the wire. Like if Patrick Beverley was around, I would add him over Barrett, no problem. If it was taking a flyer on, say, Jared Vanderbilt, I might do that. If it was I need to add Cam Reddish, I don't think I would. It just really sort of depends on where your team sits and what players there are available to make that switch for. All right, let's go to the next game, the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trail Blazers. No big chungus. Nikola Jokic was out in this game, so the Blazers comfortably won at 119-100. In place of Michael Porter Jr., Jeff Green had 24 points. He had three blocks. Big Jeff Green game. 35 minutes, that's great. I wouldn't be thinking that, even if Porter is out for the season, I wouldn't be thinking that Green is going to become a must-roster guy. He'll move into really nice streaming territory sort of player and a solid 16 or maybe even 14 team league guy, but probably not for 12s. Farton Will Barton had just 11 points, but added seven assists and three triples. Don't get too down on him. He's still a hold and a must-roster player, of course. Well, I thought that um, I thought Nagy impressed. 15 minutes. Eight points, two threes, seven rebounds, and two blocks. Now, he's probably not getting getting that opportunity when Jokic plays, but there's a chance he could at some point push ahead of Jermichael Green uh, into some backup minutes. Just, Just watch that. Aaron Gordon, just 11 points in 32 minutes. No threes, three assists, really struggled. Last time without Jokic, he played much better. Um, but this was a stinker. You still want to hold him, of course, with the injury to Porter and the injury to, to Jokic, but we'll see where that goes. Well, Jermichael Green had nine points in 26 minutes. We also got 29 Farku minutes, eight points, five assists, three steals. That is mainly because PJ Dozier suffered what will look like a pretty bad knee injury. We don't have an update on how long he might be out at this point. Not that you're rostering Dozier in many places, but it could make Campazzo at least like a 16-team league stream option. Uh, not much else going on there. And if those of you want to know why Bol Bol doesn't get minutes, watch the end of this game. And you heard Stan Van Gundy talking about it in in that game. Like that massive, there was a massive dunk by Greg Brown between the legs at the end, and Bol just gives up on it. Like just doesn't even try to defend after throwing this ridiculously yeah, behind, flashy behind-the-back pass. He just doesn't play NBA basketball well enough. That's why he doesn't get minutes. It's not anything else. It's not like oh man, they need to free him and unleash him. He just isn't good enough at this point. On to the Blazers. Lillard's the fifth-ranked player over the last two weeks. 25 points, 5 triples, 5 assists, 69% shooting. Giggity! Um, Let's hope that this is here to stay. Let's hope that we don't have any more pop-ups of the abdominal issue on the injury report, but that was great, as was uh, CJ. 32 points with 5 triples and 2 steals, and Bob Covington had 3 blocks. At this point, we're looking at Covington mainly as just a blocks specialist, but he's bringing them in good numbers and that can have value for sure. Storm and Norman Power had 15 points. He also brought the defense, three steals and a block, while Nurk had just the six points. Not a great night from Nurkic in a revenge game against his former team. Seven rebounds with a block on 33% shooting, only the 24 minutes for him. But I reckon the Larry Nance situation, like he had that one good game, like literally one good game. Uh, now it's back to nothing. 15 minutes, two points, seven rebounds, two steals. A lot of people added him, rightfully so. You take that flyer. If you want to move on, it's not looking the greatest, is it, at the moment? Like, it's not looking like he's going to push to 26 minutes. Uh, He's a long way off that, and it's gone backwards at the moment. 23 minutes for Anthony Simons with 14 points and 5 rebounds, while uh, Nasir Little had 13 points in 23. But it was quite a bit of garbage time in this one as the Blazers comfortably get a victory over the Nuggets, who are obviously without a bunch of players. Alright, so let's go to the last game of the night. I'm joined by a guest here on my lap. Hopefully he doesn't like step up and uh, join in the video action. Obi's with me. Last game of the day was the Dallas Mavericks blowing a 10-point lead late, going to overtime on a Paul George buzzer beater, and then still somehow winning by eight. They win it 112, 104. Doncic was back. He played 41 minutes. He had 26, 9 and 9, a steal and 2 blocks. Just an awesome game from him. And then uh, your mate, Porzingis. Porzingis. 30 and 7, 2 triples of steal and a block. 10 of 10 from the line, keeping up his great form without uh with Doncic back. Eighth ranked player, Chris Dabs is over the last two weeks. I think the most interesting thing in this game is not that Dorian Finney Smith played 49 minutes. So that's really interesting. 17 points, two threes, three steals, and a block. Great game from Finney Smith. Keep an eye on that. Maybe a 14-team, or definitely a 14-team ad. Might become 12, just watch that. But Moxie Kleber, 36 minutes, 8 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, and 1 block. He's a great category league player when he gets going because he can hit threes, he can get rebounds, he can block shots, he can be efficient. He'd been troubled earlier in this season with injury. Now he's back, and they've changed up their rotation. They started Willie Cauley-Stein, which, much like DeAndre Jordan, I have no idea how he gets any rotation minutes, let alone becomes the starter. But it was Kleber, the guy getting those minutes. He played 36 of them. He is the best player to play next to Pozingas on this team. And if he's rolling, there is 12-team value in him. So just keep an eye. He might be worth a speculative ad. Maybe. Jalen Brunson got hurt. Only 11 minutes. Four points with two steals. He had been a must-roster player. He remains a must-hold player until we find out what this foot injury actually is. Well, as I said, Willie Cauley-Stein replaced Dwight Powell in the starting lineup. Powell had zero points in nine minutes, while Cauley-Stein had two in 17. I don't really care as long as someone like Kleber gets the bulk of those minutes. Yeah, Cauley-Stein didn't deserve to start. He hasn't been playing well at all. He doesn't even deserve to be in the rotation. But if you're going to play Kleber those big minutes, that's what's good. Um, Timmy Hardaway had 13 points with two assists. 29% shooting, pretty rough night there from Hardaway. I'm not sure he's going to be a must-roster player with Doncic back. or I don't even know if he was when Doncic was out. On the Clippers, Reggie Jackson, 31 and 10. 10 rebounds, man. Three steals, big game from Jackson. While Paul George played 48 minutes, 26, 9, and 6. Now, he was pretty inefficient, Georgie. And the only three he hit was that game-tying, uh, overtime-sending buzzer beater. It was a great shot. Um, but Marcus Morris returned as well. 31 minutes on a, an alleged restriction. He had 10 and 5. He didn't shoot well. But him being back changes things around on this team. I don't think Morris is a must-add 12-team league player. I think in points league, sure. I think he's more of a 14-team league guy, though. He's going to have to play with Nick Batum and share some minutes there, but him coming back adds a fourth center into the mix. They played three of them today. Zubat's got 26 minutes. Ibaka played six minutes and wasn't good. Hartenstein didn't play at all in the first half and then played 11 second-half minutes. But Zubats didn't end up closing the game. It was Morris. I think that Zubats might end up outside of rosterable territory with Morris back and if they're going to run this three-man rotation. Of course, we're not rostering Sergio Barker in 12-team leagues. Please, don't do it. And then Hartenstein, who was a nice little add for a short time, he's probably going to move back into like 18-team leagues. And he might not even play. Like, legitimately might not play. Stinker from Eric Bledsoe, 25 minutes, two points, a steal. I think we can move on. Oh, can we though? That's the thing. Like, I'm always uh, torn with this bloke. I think you can, um, but it will depend on who I'm adding. I've got no problem with dropping Terence Mann. Like, he should have been dropped ages ago. Seven points in 19 minutes, while the duck, Luke Canard, had six points. But he did play 32 minutes and played over Bledsoe, which is um, pretty interesting. Let's look at the lines of the night now. The monstrous line of the night goes to Rusty Westbrook. The waiver wire line of the night is Jeff Green. The young gun of the night is Zeke Naji, And then the dart of the night, it's Anthony Davis. And you look at that and you go, well, he scored 20 points. Yes, but he, the damage he did to your field goals and free throws dropped him right down to the bottom of Category League ranks for today. So that's where he sat. In terms of the top players for today, Westbrook, Doncic, Kyle Lowry, um, Jeff Green, Damian Lillard, Pozingas, McCullum, Tyler Hero, Evan Fournier, and Rob Covington. And guys rostered in under 50% of leagues. We're looking at Jeff Green, a yeah, 14-team league guy, Avery Bradley, fluky shit, Corey Joseph, only short-term while Hayes is out. Finney Smith, 14-team grab. Naji deep-league dynasty guy. Quickly, 14-team, maybe 12. Um, Campazzo, 16-team. DeAndre Jordan, no team. Obi Toppin, nice 16-team league grab. And Malik Monk, not really much to see there. And then in points leagues, the top 10 players today. Looking at Westbrook, McCullum, Randall, Grant, Donchich, Hero, Lowry, Jackson, Green, and Paul George. Guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Give it a thumbs up here. Drop your comments down below. Check out your favorite Teams Locked On podcast as well, as well as Locked On Bets, providing betting in your tips for you guys on their podcast every day. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.